We've got no j- no jingles again because Windows 10 doesn't like me. Uh, hi, it's Kristen Smith. I'm actually back at home uh, today, uh, sitting up as I am just outside Gainsborough. And here in Bracknell, Berkshire, it's me, James Bartleby, fresh from another defeat in my managerial career. And here in top, well, near top it's me, Dave Buring. Hi, Dave. Uh, Current, currently out of management. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, best, best, for, best place for me is not to be in uh, management, so I'm, I'm more than happy with that one. I did. Uh, Neglect to mention this is episode 82 of the Non-League Podcast. It's, uh, it's uh, been quite a few weeks, but there's no news as such, as far as I can tell. I don't know whether there's anything that you guys have spotted, but uh, I haven't seen a football match now, live, for probably a month. And it's really getting to me, and so I'm sponsoring next week at the Trinity against Stockport County, so I can actually get to see what and watch a game. Oh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Um, to be fair, I haven't seen a, a senior game. I've just seen my uh, my son's under sevens teams in the last few weeks. Um, but yeah, in terms of in terms of other news, other than managers losing their jobs, there's uh, yeah, there's not really an awful awful lot going on. You know, the clubs are all seem to be still in business, and you know there are no new grounds being built. So yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm there's a, a bit of breaking news tonight as we're recording that uh, Gavin Peacock and um, Travis Sinclair have gone from Lancaster and we've also had Belper, Bedford and Lewis get rid of their, their managers this uh, this last couple of days. But uh, strangely enough, a couple of those after FA Cup defeats, which I always find a bit a bit strange. But yeah, in terms of news to uh, talk about, I think it's going to be all about the FA Cup. Dave, whereabouts were you on your travels this week? Yeah, I was trying to say I was uh, involved in the heresy of watching a football league game, I'm afraid. No, I was, uh, I was down at the Den, watching Millwall beat Rochdale 3-1, which was a thoroughly pleasant afternoon, nice weather, good game, all, all good, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've not seen, I was out of the country this weekend. Um, so I missed the games where Trinity beat uh, our local rivals Boston United again and so I think everybody at the club's wanting me to stay away next time we play somebody uh, just to ensure that uh, we get the wins again because uh, I think I have only seen them win this season but uh, that's because it's such a long time since I've managed to get to a game and travel that had to do and so James, what was the score then on uh, your managerial uh, career? Now, have you had the chat from the chairman? Has he come out and said that you have the full backing of the board yet? <laughs> well, I think considering I'm willing to do it and <laughs> and obviously it's voluntary, I don't think there's, uh, there's much danger of me getting the chop. But, uh, yeah, we, we managed to score a couple, uh, you know, probably 11-9. So, uh, yeah, it was... It was not a, not a good week this week. The uh, couple of those couple of them seem to get their heads down pretty pretty quick. But training on Tuesday night, uh, we'll have to uh, we'll have to do some do some work ahead of the weekend. I think. What sort of budget have you got? To, uh, uh, pack a Haribo and. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Maybe some Ribena if uh, if I'm feeling flush. <laughs> that, well, that's the thing. I think you should uh, make him do 15 laps backwards. Uh, that'll I'll teach him. Yeah. Uh, the early the early starts don't help, you know. Nine o'clock comes and yeah, you've got to travel 25, 30 minutes to get there. I don't think trying to get your kids out the door by sort of you know before eight is not not easy on a Saturday. It's not easy uh, any day of the week, uh, I find. Cause no, main, mainly I'm not here, so it's very easy for me. <laughs> So as we, as I say, it was FA Cup uh, this weekend, and uh, going through the results, what were the biggest shocks that you guys saw? Uh, yeah, there were there were quite a few. Um, I mean, the the obvious, well, South Park FC honourable mention, the it's two at Maidstone, but they were they were two one up at one point, which you know 
at Maidstone, which was a big achievement. Unfortunately, they kind of collapsed in the uh, in the second half and did go down six two. But you know, decent showing from a combined county side at you know a club the size of Maidstone. Um, yeah, in terms of shocks, um, we've got uh, you know obviously Uxbridge. They managed to uh, to go to Dartford, who were Conference South team, Uxbridge Southern Southern League side, and managed to beat them one nil. And uh, of course, we had a club reasonably local to me in Ham- uh, down in Hampshire, uh, Hartley Wintney, the Combined Counties League. They, I think, we talked about it when we um, when we went over the draw last time. They they travelled up to to Merthyr Town and and won one nil as well, which is a superb result again. You know, away at a team that's two divisions. Two, div- two divisions above them. Um, so they were the two big ones that stood out for me. I don't know if uh, don't know if you had any others, Dave. Yeah, I'll give a shout out to uh, Coles Hill Town of the uh, Midland League Premier Division. So step nine, and they'd be uh, a pretty good uh, Stamford side. So uh, obviously two divisions up, and beat them two 0 in front of a bumper crowd of two hundred and forty. So excellent weekend for Coles Hill and a fairly fairly sort of local tie in Midlands tie. I think you had one as well, didn't you? Yeah, you, you know of us call uh, us in us down here in Midlanders. Yeah, Stanford actually had a bad week because they lost 7-1 last Monday uh, as we were recording uh, against the Hyde United. So it's been a bad week for them uh, as far as that's concerned. Uh, but I think interesting one for me, um, we've mentioned a few times Salford. They've actually beat Kers and Ashton who are a division higher because they're in uh, the National League North, which I think is uh, an interesting one there, the Salford and, and Incursion. Now, the other one that we always want to find the cup upsets, and we want to find the minnows doing as well as they can or beating the teams from above them. And one of the ones that stood out to me was Wimborne Town uh, entertained Blackfield and Langley. And... We've mentioned Wimborne already because uh, Jason Soku got a hat-trick a couple of weeks ago. But uh, Blackfield and Langley of the Wessex Premier Division strolled up and promptly put six goals past them. So uh, a 6-1 away win is uh, reminds me pretty much was the same thing like last year with was it Thurrock and Bath. Where Thurrock went over and absolutely stonked over Bath. No, that, it was East, East Thurrock United and Bath, but it was at yeah. East Thurrock. But... But, sorry, yeah, I know it's, it's been a lot to people down in London. Thurrock's just the place where there's some services before you get to Dartford Crossing. <laughs> but that was, that was, I just thought that it's, just, it's the same sort of thing where the, the minnows have gone. And it's not just they've come away with a 1-0 win or a 2-0 win, but they've just obliterated the higher division team, which... Uh, I think always uh, loves it's the it's the thing about the cup really, and I was going to say inter- the ma- the magic of the cup. I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> it's not the magic of the cup. Um, the the thing something else the, you mentioned uh, <coughs> Peacock and Sinclair up there at Lancaster City. They actually lost to Droylston, um at the Bloods home, and Trinity will be travelling there a week on Saturday to uh, play in the next round. So. It's uh, bringing everything back together, as far as uh, all all the stuff's concerned. There was some very hard-fought matches as well. I imagine the uh, filed Stockport County would have been that was only a one-nil there and uh, a pretty close match. I would have expected. Yeah, you you would have you would have thought so. I'm just uh, so I'm just having a quick look through the results and the and the and the mm. draw that was done today as well. Um, well, that's the thing. I only, I only know Trinity's draw because I got told so, mm. of who we got. I haven't looked at uh, any of the other peaches that may be there. I think FC United v Buxton is trying to stand out for me because that's been a really, really good kind of promotion battling rivalry in the Northern Premier for quite a long time. It'd be interesting to see that now FC are up a level. Not just what sort of team they put out, but I reckon that'll be a good atmosphere because that was quite a quite a good healthy rivalry built up over quite a few years. Yeah, um, no, that does Buxton, sound like a good one. And Buxton have a couple of ex-Trinity players as well, uh, one of whom you scored at the weekend, uh, Greg Young. He, he scored for Buxton as they, they went through. Um, mm-hmm. I know we always go on about this sort of stuff, but 
Try 25, Hearn Bay or Hastings United, who are playing in the replay uh, tomorrow night. Or they're at home to Paul. That's a long trek. I know we always go on about this every time we start reading the draws, but that seems a long trek, that, for a, an FA Cup match for teams of those divisions. It does, but I don't, I don't know how much they can regionalise it without it then becoming the same sort of handful of ties every year. Yeah, it's quite it, a difficult it, it, one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean we're still we're still one round away from the the national league teams coming in, aren't we? Yeah. Coming at, at the fourth qualifying, and then Which it I've, all goes, and then I think it all goes it all goes national from there, doesn't it? We're still north mm-hmm. and south at the minute. Um, I was just looking through. Hartley Whitney will be a little bit disappointed. They've been drawn away again at Eastbourne, so that's at Eastbourne Borough, so that's not a. They would, you know, they would have wanted a, a home tie for getting through this this far. Um, I suppose it's an excuse for a weekend at the seaside. Yeah. Nothing else. Yeah, yeah. I suppose. Um, Sporting Calso, we mentioned last week, uh, last mm. round as well. They, they they just keep setting their setting their history because uh, the furthest they've ever been, and they've got a nice home tie against Spalding United, so they can get a good crowd there and probably fancy themselves to go through again. I, they're the, I think I heard on the non-league show this week that they're the lowest-ranked team in, in the Midlands. They're left. They're left in the tournament. So, uh, I'm just trying to figure out who the lowest-ranked team left in the entire competition are. Them. There's no step ten teams anymore. I don't. I think so. It's just while you're working that out, another tie that stands out to me is uh, Kettering versus Bamber Bridge. Because this then goes back to the old north-south divide, because Kettering playing the Southern League, and Bamber Bridge playing the Northern Premier League. <laughs> but uh, obviously, because of where Kettering are, um, they actually um, beat, uh, if I re- recall, Kettering um, beat uh, Telford. How's that work then? Have they uh, been placed in? Because they, have, are... they always been, have they always been in the northern half of the draw then? They usually are in the northern half of the draw. It's just because of uh, we've got to draw a line somewhere that they're in the south. Because Corby, um, who are I'm trying to remember, the Corby of North, Corby Corby North of them slightly by a few miles. They're in the National League North, and if Kettering have been promoted, they'll go back into National League North where they used to be because they're firmly a Midlands team sitting in mm. the East Midlands. It's just the quirk that puts them in the uh, the southern. Uh, Premier Division because of uh, needing to put clubs somewhere. But uh, yeah, they travelled, I believe. Uh, no, they beat Telford uh, at Kettering, so it's still 2 1 and uh, a divisional uh, a beat. Uh, they beat the team from uh, a division above them, so it's still a good one from that perspective. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, I think we're looking, you know, step step five. I think we're um, like Sporting Calcio are step five, Brockenhurst are step five. So I'm, I don't think there's anyone below step five in terms of lowest ranked club. No, Whitley Bay are through their their five as well. Yes, yeah, so yeah, they are, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. Uh, yes, I think. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it's a it's a fantastic achievement to be getting this far now. Absolutely, yeah, and not just I mean, obviously two, two games. Are, yeah, I mean, obviously, if they can get through this round, there's a potential national league mm. team, and then of course, you know, they're only two games away from the first round. All these teams that are left now, it's getting to the uh, getting to the exciting time. We've only got forty ties now instead of the hundred and forty-seven <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> you know. So, uh, starting to dwindle it down a little bit until all the uh, all the football league clubs come in. Yeah, it's it's always tough, and I know we decry the FA quite a lot, but I still don't understand why the National League um, don't come in till another round away. Uh, yeah, they, they should probably come in now, shouldn't they? The yeah. third qualifying, I think. Yeah, it would mm-hmm. make sense to me because uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't give you an odd number, does it? I mean, it it just put it up to to what fifty two. Yeah, 52 to ties, wouldn't it? Because yeah, so. it really goes on a point that Dave made earlier on about when you get to round four, 
chances are you're going to have a lot of national league, all national league ties. Yeah. Which is not what you want. You want to see some of the bigger teams against the smaller teams. It's the old. You want to see them like last year, where they had them going down to um, Dover and watching them. Oh, we have to park and walk half a mile to get to the ground now and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you've, you know, you've got teams like you know, uh, like Sarah Sport and Calsa. They'll play um, Spalding United. You've got teams like Horsham YMCA. You know, and these are, these are teams that have that have already played a lot of games to get where they are. And I think the third qualifying round, giving them a, the opportunity of maybe going up against one of the, the big boys in non-league, you know, it, they'd be, they'll be gutted to go out now, this round, when in, in reality they probably should. They probably should be in, in there this round, I think, definitely. Yeah, the third, the third qualifying round or <clears throat> would be the one... Um, for me to bring them in just to make it go a bit bigger and try and give some of the smaller clubs because if you look at you've mentioned Coles Hill um, and like they were formed in 1885 so you've got some history here with a lot of these clubs and then you've got the flip side you've got the brand new clubs who are for the first time they're doing things they're only formed in the late 80s early 90s and why not move on let them go and let them actually make a name for themselves because we all remember the good cup runs of the 80s and 90s of the non-leaguers, but it seems to me nowadays that they try and make it a bit harder for them because uh, it doesn't mm. make as good TV for them. I mean, one thing I will say is that realistically, the sort of step eight and nine teams aren't, or maybe only one of them will really get much further than this. So, I mean, besides in sort of step, kind of step eight and nine of English football, it's... The co- you know, it would be a really big deal for them to get a tie against Tranmere or Wrexham or Grimsby or someone, and I don't think they should have to jump through so many hoops and overcome so many, you know, maybe four or five teams in higher divisions to to have that chance. I also, I also think, to be honest, I think they should um, maybe look at maybe, I know, it, I know it, travel costs involved but they should maybe look at um, nationalising it a little bit earlier possibly as well because you know you, you look at someone like FC United they, they beat Witten Albion and now they play Buxton I mean these are teams that they, they've played this season since they've existed you know they, they should have been given the opportunity to come down to Winchester or you know, something like that so I, I do I do wonder if we're da- like I say, we're down to 40 ties. Um, you know, we're down to 80 ties. Sorry, in this round, maybe, maybe they should have, maybe they, they should be nationalised from from second qualifying onwards, and you know, maybe maybe they could have a, a, a fund to help pay for, for travels and, and things like that. Just, it'd be nice to see some some ties that you wouldn't normally see, rather than you know it just being NPL against NPL. And, now, as, as you say, when you know the uh, the national league come in at the at the next round, it's going to be there, there are going to be so many all national league ties. It's I just think they should maybe just try and mix it up a little bit because you know fans of a of a Hyde United or you know Bamba Bridge or someone like that would they'd probably love to come down and and play a team south of Watford Gap. Well. Speaking of teams south of Watford Gap, uh, I have just noticed one that maybe Truro will be hoping that Taunton beat Margate. Because mm. they may not want to go that far. <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, I, I agree. It's, I think it's something that the FA could look at because don't forget, we are not talking about the FA Cup here anymore. We're talking about the Emirates FA Cup. And so would not the sponsor, sponsor like a bit more of uh, intrigue and a bit more news and a bit more media with people saying about the Emirates FA Cup at earlier stages rather than waiting till round two or round three of the, the actual um, proper, as they tend to call it, which I still don't understand why they call it that and not just say you're in round seven because that's actually what you are and stuff. Uh, but hopefully something something will be done. Uh, 
to go through. And it's nice seeing a, a lot of goals. And obviously, from my perspective, I'm just hoping that Trinity get two more wins and make it to the first round and hopefully get somebody far away. Like you say, so we can go for a nice little day trip and make a weekend of it. You don't really care about the result. The same. Yeah. Would you so if hypothetically you get to the first round, would would you prefer an away game then? A bigger club with you know, potentially a bigger crowd for the for the so like for the income? Um it depends on how big a club that you're talking about. Well, Paul's right, sir, then they're the biggest club yeah. that would be that would be in there in the first round, aren't they? Me, yes. You'd, you'd get that because you have you, it's experience for the players and the fans going on a big away day to big ground and seeing what's seeing how all that is. you'd rather that than a, than a potentially winnable home time well see that's because I don't run the club I, lo- I love the game not run the club you speak to any of our directors they'll say give me a home tie that will get me through to the next round and next round, and that's my playing budget sorted for the next year. And that's like, like we're going last year, we'll turn up some of the, the money that uh, certain members of the teams can make. Assisting. Um, but yeah, I'm, I would. I want to go for the day out. We went for the day out last year to Gateshead, who uh, I noticed have actually just moved into second place in the National League. Um, I've beaten Forest Green, I believe. Yeah, it's in, inflicting their first home defeat. So it's a, it was an interesting uh, little thing that came across there. But we went up there, we got, we got outplayed for 10 minutes is all we got outplayed. And we lost 4-0. Up until then, we were more than in the match and yeah, we could have taken it home. It wasn't a massive crowd because unfortunately... Well, it could have been a massive crowd. Gateshead Stadium is so big, you could, you could fit far more people in there would ever go and watch a match at, uh, against Gainsborough Trinity. But, yeah, from my heart says, yeah, let's go somewhere and go for a day out. Financially, though, you want somebody who will bring a good crowd that you can beat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, you'd probably fancy Forest Green at the minute, wouldn't you? you know, without, we went- without a winning four at the moment. We went to Forest Green a few years, uh, three seasons ago, and beat them uh, 2-1 in the FA Trophy as we progressed to the semi-finals. So, uh, repeat of something like that, semi-finals or the FA Cup, that'll do me. I just wonder, wonder what the uh, chairman would be buying the manager if that happened. So, we're going to try and move on from the FA Cup uh, a little bit, and. Go on to uh, James. Who did you select for your team of the week then uh, in the end of this? Um, well, we had a, a bit of a discussion. It's always difficult when, you, when you're when you in cup week and because you do get you do get the upsets. And then but you, alongside that, you also have league games going with, uh, you know, with poss- possibly uh, big results as well. But I wanted to give from... An honourable mention to uh, to Uxbridge for their win at Dartford, um, but I just had to go for Hartley Wintney, uh, partly because I I really like their name, and uh, partly because you know they went they went all the way up to to Merthyr Town, which I think is sort of, you know 150 maybe even more miles than that, and uh, and beat them one nil to to get through. Um, I think Dave may have had a, a suggestion of his own, but I, yeah. Me for me, it's it's Hartley Whitney. I'll happily happily uh, let it, someone put their put a case forward for for another team if if, if there is one there for them. I'm happy uh, for, to have Hartley Whitney. I think you know great achievement to uh, to beat Merthyr quite a few few levels up. My uh, my honourable mention would have just been for Geisley, who got their first um, national league away win uh, as they won one nil at Braintree with their credit getting the goal. Looked like they defended from the highlights. Looked like they defended very well. You know, grabbed a goal and then and then held on well. And I saw them at Chester three or four weeks back, and they guys they looked really good coming forward. And if anything, were were maybe the the better side. And um, they've they've adapted to life really well in the in the national league. And yeah, well done, Jasmine. Yeah, I, I 
<clears throat> remember having some good games uh, and some good times with guys. Lind, it's always we've got a great set of fans as well who uh, travel around all around the uh, the country from, and I know they're enjoying their times uh, regardless of what happens on the pitch. They're yeah. enjoying their time back up there in the national league. I mean, when I saw them at Chester, um, they took a sort of fairly small travelling ban, but made a lot of noise and enjoyed the occasion. And you know, like you say, they're obviously you know happy to be at this level, but the cider. You know, showing them definitely not there just to make up the numbers. That's, that's all you could really say, anyone. Um, Merthyr, I was uh, drove through Merthyr on the way home on Thursday last week uh, after doing some work in Milford Haven. So, uh, so <clears throat> where I was recording um, the podcast last week. Something I have just come across, uh, just thinking of Gloucester City, who... Uh, had to play their FA Cup game on Sunday and they won and went through. But they've just released a statement about their new stadium that, as they try and move back to the city. Everybody should should know that they share with uh, Cheltenham at the minute. Um, but they're looking to move back as soon as possibly can do. And they've got outline planning permission with 45 reserved matters on the club. And so the club have been working through and they've... <coughs> committed to making significant contributions to the flood defences of Gloucester, the city itself. So it's uh, hopefully means that uh, they're a stage closer and they're hoping that they should get some more information decisions um, December, January uh, from Gloucester City Council who they're continuing to work with. But this is a it's going to be important for them as a club and their identity because being out of the out of your home city as long as they have, you've got a generation who are growing up not knowing that there is a football club there and thinking the uh, rugby is the only sport, which is pretty much what you think down that way anyway. Yeah, I've, I've sprung that on you when I've just found it. That's all. Yeah, no, I was um, I was just looking actually, and I've I've come across a strange little one that um. For, for Tranmere, um, they they played away um, at Cheltenham, I think, at the weekend. But James Norwood, who used to play for Forest Green Rovers, England Sea International, uh, received a two-game ban just before kickoff, apparently, on Saturday for an offence carried out at his former club. So I don't struggle to find out any extra information on that one. But that's a bit of a that's a bit of a weird one that just came across my radar as you were. As you were talking there, Kristen. I don't know what you make of that. Who, who was the person, sorry? Have you it's, got... It's J- James Norwood. Um, he was he received a two-match ban before kickoff on Saturday for an offence carried out at, while he was at Forest Green. Uh, yeah, that's a, an interesting interesting one, but we've, we've seen this before. Uh but, I mean, it's a strange one because it's not just signed them. He's been there since the summer, you know. We're in September. But it's... Uh, oh, banned from driving. That's not it. I'm just... I'm trying to find extra news on it, but I can't, can't yeah, find was... anything. But, oh, uh, maybe we'll... Um, maybe we'll find something in the, in the week. Well, let's see. Uh, we'll go on. Um, we've lost Dave. <laughs> just oh. <laughs> um, and so while you were trying to do that, I was trying to work out a way of getting him back. I I can't see him uh, in the rundown either, and uh, I can't seem to get the chat working with him. So uh, we've lost Dave. I think that's a, that's that the episode title there. <laughs> Dave Dave went. He's uh, had enough of us. Um, let's right, he right. He was breaching FA Rule Three. It's alleged that Mr. Noah's behaviour in failing to leave the field of play following a dismissal amounts to improper conduct. He had until the first of June to respond. My guess, he probably didn't respond. That's um, yeah, the F- the FA then from from June to September. Well, he's you know he's moved clubs and then gets it's, his ban. That's uh, it's holiday good old, season. Good old FA efficiency there for you. Um, I'm just trying to 
see any more about him. Uh, I can't. Yeah, I can't see. Uh, that's the the only thing I can find on the FA. That's from May when he actually was uh, when he got suspended. Uh, let's see. He didn't. Yeah, there was sanctions. So obviously there'd been a hearing or something. And he's done now. I think just before kickoff is the the one that gets me about it. Not the fact that the offence has carried on because it should be the player that's punished over the over the course of it. But just before kickoff, it would be interesting to know how close to kickoff it was that they informed it, or it was on the way down when they were checking their list of people. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, it, it seemed. Reading between the lines, it seems that it was quite late on that he got it. But yeah, just uh... I'm just looking that if it's <laughs> it looks it looks like there was a, a lot of shenanigans going on between Boris Green under 21s and Bath City under 21s. Can I just apologise for my uh, disappearance? I was trying to get an article up about Gloucester City and got done by <laughs> an advert which then crashed. No. And I had to reset my iPad. Um, back, Sorry, Dave. Uh, all I was going to say was that Gloucester City's ground looks a bit like Doncaster's ground, the planned one, but a bit smaller. And that was not really a contribution worth being kicked off for about four minutes for. Uh, yeah. Well, some yeah, may maybe. call it karma. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as, as I was looking at this, it looked like there was an incident happened around on the 17th minute of that uh, under-21s game. Uh, back in March, and three Forest players players were two. One was sent off, which was Norwood, and uh, then there was uh, two others um, who were also involved as well, who were sanctioned at the same time. So it would be interesting to see. It's all improper conduct, so it would be interesting to see exactly yeah, whether it is that incident. But, uh, you know, the FA works in its speedy ways. <laughs> but uh, talking of speed, I think we've got quite a few goals to go through, and some of them are very fast. And about now, it's time for Hatrick Watch. So we're going to go through the hat-trick watch, and as usual, or as sometimes, not usual, because last round there was only four hat-tricks. Uh, three hat-tricks, sorry, in the, in the first, uh, first round. But uh, in today we have ten hat-tricks, including two in the same game. So uh, these are all in the FA Cup second qualifying round. Uh, Dale Johnson at Ashton, they, uh, he won... Well, they grabbed five goals away at Abbey Hay, and uh, he scored a hat-trick. Liam Hardy at Buxton, we were mentioned already today, uh, Buxton. They're going to play FC United at the new ground. And they Armthorpe Welfare, uh, 6-1 at Armthorpe, and he scored a 35-minute hat-trick. Uh, Brady Hickey at Barwell, they, he grabbed a hat-trick in the 5 ball victory against Coggenhoe. Now... I was hoping Rob was going to be on this because I know that it's not Hull Bridge Sports who plays Gray's Athletic are not the Hull Bridge from up near Hull. <laughs> but I just always thought it was amusing. Um, because what also is amusing with it, and it's something Libby pointed out as she was putting this together, if you've spotted anything that we've uh, missed, then you can always tweet at Libster Clark and uh, she'll add them in. Uh, but Gray's Athletic won 6-0 and they had two hat-tricks. One for Bradley Fortnum Tomlinson and one for D.D. DeMarca. But interestingly, it went Fortnum Tomlinson, 17, DeMarca, 19, Tomlinson, 20, DeMarca, 29, Tomlinson, 31. So a 14-minute hat-trick there for Fortnum Tomlinson. But then uh, D.D. DeMarca scored in the 86th minute to round off the 6-0 victory. But it's... a uh, I'll score. No, your turn. I'll, no, you can score this time. I'll you score, and as it counted up between the players, which I thought was interesting. Did they halve the match ball? 
They'd be a bit disappointed that uh, Demacca didn't manage to get his uh, his hat trick in the first half as well, because that would have been some achievement. Yeah, that that would have been uh, if they'd done that. Um, Ricky Freeman, who we will come back to later on in Hat Trick Watch, grabbed his second hat trick this week. As uh, Fink Sports, unfortunately, I always feel sorry for him like this. The, the guy's done the most he can do, scored three goals, and his team still lose 5-3 at home to AFC Hornchurch. So it's always one of those ones. Chris Flood, uh, you could say so many things about his name and goals. Uh, as a striker, he scored three goals in the 4-2 victory for Basingstoke at home to Slough. Now, something you spotted about Justin Bennett, uh, sorry, Justin Bennett down there at Gosport, James. Yeah, he's um, he, he grabbed a grabbed a hat trick in a oh, scored four, sorry, didn't he, against Biddeford on uh, on Saturday, um, two in each half. Um, but it's he's actually his third hat trick of the season, and is not the first time he's hit four either, because uh, back on the eleventh of August he hit uh, all four in a in the four nil win at Western Supermare, and then what? A couple of weeks ago, on the 15th of September, he uh, he got a hat trick at home against Bath City, um, and so yeah, it's uh, he's one of those names that's starting to crop up multiple times now. So his second four-goal haul of the season, his third hat trick. Now, the next person was my candidate uh, for Player of the Week. However, I think I will bow to the the um, consensus of you two guys uh, when you've you've moved on from uh, Rico Wilson at Blackfield and Langley. Now, I mentioned earlier on this way, uh, they beat Wimborne, who are a division higher, but he scored four of the six goals that uh, Blackfield and Langley got in their 6-1 away win at Wimborne, including if you take off his first goal, which was scored in the 15th minute, he then scored a 14-minute hat-trick as well. So it's definitely good, uh, good numbers for him. Uh, Matt Bodkin at Mason United, he scored in their 6-2 uh, comeback victory against South Park, and uh, Danny Mills at Whitehawk, the aforementioned Whitehawk, uh, he scored three goals as they beat Dulwich Hamlet uh, 4-2 at uh, Whitehawk. So, let's just jump to player of the week then while I work out who else has uh, scored this week. And James, who was your candidate for it? Oh, well, I'm pretty sure anyone with half half an interest in non-league football and probably people that don't have any interest in non-league football have probably stumbled across this now because I think it's it's probably going viral. Um, but, he, you know, it's got to be the... And this kind of is the, uh, the end finally as well this week. It's, you know, it's got to be the whole beach goalkeeper, Ricky Drury, um, 92nd minute of their of their game against Worcester City in the FA Cup. Uh, Worcester City are, are a goal ahead. So, you know, goalkeeper goes up for a free kick. Uh, he Apparently, he actually thought he was being summoned forward to take the free kick because it was, you know, just inside uh, the opposition half, inside the Worcester half. So he, um, he goes up, turns out that they're going to pump it into the box and he, he's actually going up for it. So in comes a free kick, um, and Mr. Drury decides to to launch an overhead kick, which goes arrow straight into the bottom corner. It was absolutely incredible goal. It is on video. The Worcester City uh, guys did film it. Uh, it is on the BBC website. We'll show Kristen will put it in the show notes. Um, if not, I'm sure it won't take you long to find it if uh, if you go searching. But it's a it's a fantastic finish. I mean, it's filmed through a crowd of players, so it's a little hard to see normal speed, but they do slow it down. It is quite an incredible finish. Um, I mean, we all love goals, goal-scoring goalkeepers um, and ones that, that serve an FA Cup tie and take it to a replay. Love them all the more. I mean, have you, have you guys seen seen it yet? I'm I'm lucky enough. Uh, Hull Beach are uh, in Lincolnshire, and so I got to watch it on Look North. Uh, they they are in the uh, combined counties. They they're in the Eastern Counties League are Hull Beach, so they must be one of the lowest teams left in. It was actually at Hull Beach, and as you've already said, Worcester, who actually have a very good media setup, and their guys are always filming every game. 
Um, normally they've got a couple, one filming the game and uh, one filming for the manager. And uh, I don't know what the manager is going to make of that one when he looks at his tactical video to say, what do I do against that? It's just one of those beautiful things that you've, you dream of when you're like Callum's age, you say, I'm going to score and you dream it's an overhead kick, wins the game. The only thing would have been better if it had won the game for Hull Beach. Because it really the only thing that would have made it a better day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I bet <laughs> I bet they'll be uh, they'll be hoping he doesn't go up for any in a replay on Tuesday. But yeah, I mean it it's just fairy tale stuff, and uh, you know it's another cliche, but it is it's why it's why we all love the FA Cup, isn't it? It's just an amazing story. It's a fantastic goal, you know. Any any striker, and I mean any. When I'm talking top class international striker would be proud of that finish. It was absolutely incredible. I'm sure, you know, he he will say himself. He probably just swung his boot at it, so then uh, and he kind of went in. But it was a fantastic finish. It's reminiscent of the great Jimmy Glass moment when he got yeah. Carlisle in the football league. Yes. Was that he really, uh, he really gave a Scar? Was it Scarborough? He really... Yeah, it was. Yeah, with that uh, cracking volley in the uh, injury time. On the last day, yeah. Yes, yes. I, I, I like Scarborough, so I wasn't particularly happy with that one. <laughs> I just hope, in the horrible, cynical way that I look, that uh, Holbeach don't get in trouble because there were four or five fans, obviously, because of the moment, yeah, uh, the emotion. The yeah. They ran on the pitch to help uh, to join in the celebrations and stuff. So, hopefully. Holbeach won't get in trouble for that going on because it's uh, clear on the evidence from the BBC uh, website that uh, it's what I'll put in the show notes that it was there. Another candidate for me for um, Player of the Week um, was uh, Scott Spencer at Hyde. He scored two hat-tricks in two days. He scored the hat-trick that meant they beat Darlington at Darlington on Saturday last week, the 19th. Um, <clears throat> and then while we were filming the show, or recording the show, he scored in the 7-1 demolition uh, at Hyde uh, against uh, Stamford. So that's always a thing you can't do. You go and do the feat now. Hopefully, well, I'm sure Hyde would have hoped that he could have done a third hat-trick. Uh, unfortunately, they lost at the weekend uh, as they went out of the FA Cup, so that's unfortunate for them. And it's great for Hyde to have a player on that sort of form because they've been... They've got such a good support and they've been so desperately short of goals for what the best part of sort of two, two and a half years. So hopefully he keeps on uh, banging them in. Well, that's the thing. I'm, I'm hoping they've taken the... We'll go down to rebuild and come back again. And it's yeah. certainly the way it's looking at the moment uh, that uh, the form over the last two or three seasons, to get to where they were, they must have been quite demoralised as fans uh, watching... The, some of the performances that were just the, the way the run of the green was going against them, but now they uh, at least are there or thereabouts. And uh, Whitby, you like Whitby, don't you, James? Uh, yeah, I may have mentioned it once or twice. <laughs> yeah, Michael Roberts up there at Whitby Town, and uh, they beat uh, 4-2, they beat Ilkeston. And uh, then the final one in the Evo Stick Northern Premier League was Liam Shotton at Nantwich grabbing... Uh, Three or four goals as they beat Barwell uh, last Tuesday. And uh, Barwell is so inconsistent. I think they won seven nil in the cup. Yeah. Sort of chat, yeah. It's it's a they bounced back. I think is probably the nicest way. Yeah. It? That uh, it, yeah, I, I agree. With you. It just it stood out to me that that was uh, one of the things that happens. Busy talking, I was quick on. Uh, Christopher Gagan, Warrington, they uh, cleared the road 5-0, and uh, he grabbed a hat-trick in that one. So, plenty of goals this weekend. Um, another one of my favourite names for a club, Romulus. Um, they beat the oldest club in the world, uh, Sheffield FC, and uh, Luke Keane scored a 19-minute hat Well, sorry, I can't count. 16-minute hat-trick. Yeah, a 16-minute hat-trick in the second half uh, as the Romulus beat Sheffield 4-0. Um, Jordan Cole of Newcastle Town, he, he scored all the goals, including the winner against Shore Lane Aquaforce as Newcastle beat him 3-2. So 
it's another one, and that Shoreline Aquaforce once again is a, another one of those clubs that's just got such a great name. Yeah. James, do you want to take this one? <laughs> <laughs> Although Tam, he he doesn't actually have too bad a name. No, no, it's a it's a fun one. Though. It's a good name. Um, yeah, in the Ryman Prem, uh, Canvey Island beat Farnborough six-two just down the road from me at Farnborough, and uh, it was Tamberson Ayong who got the uh, got their hat trick. Uh, one in the first half and two in the second half, but uh, yeah, it seems to be a few teams putting some goals past Farnborough at the minute. Yeah, I'm I'm always wondering what the off the field problems psychologically uh, cause the players because uh, it, yeah, it's the put... second year in a very short space of time. Yeah, and of course they had the, the delayed start to the season, didn't they? So um, you know, you don't know what their what state their squad was left in as well. We've already mentioned in the Ryman Division 1 North that uh, Ricky Freeman's uh, Phoenix Sports, he scored a hat-trick as they beat Redbridge 3-0 away. That was last Tuesday uh, when he did that. Now, what is going on in the Southern Premier League? We've oh. not had a hat-trick there for four weeks now. Since, uh, yeah, since uh, Lewis Putman and Scott Harris got uh, hat-tricks each in the 7-1 yeah. against Houston. Way back on the 18th of August. Exactly. Unless we're missing something, our go-to our go-to divisions are letting us down. Uh, Division One South, uh, Central, sorry, they actually did provide some uh, good numbers for us. Uh, Lockhart Adams at Cheltenham St Peter, he scored three of the five goals as they beat Beaconsfield, five-one um, at home. And then Scott he's, Bridges. He's the player for Ashford, I think. I think, if I remember rightly, the name rings a bell to me. It did to me, and I couldn't work out who it was, and I ran out of time. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, they have a good year, Charles, on top of the league, no? Are they top of the league, do you say? Yeah. Yeah, very good. Four wins on the bounce. Including hat-tricks in consecutive matches as well, mm. so... The only thing that's best in hat-tricks in consecutive matches are two hat-tricks in the same match. Now Scott Bridges and uh, Mr. Oness down there at uh, Royston. They beat North Greenford 7-1, and uh, both the guys uh, grabbed a hatchet each. So <coughs> once again, it's uh, let's get that match ball cut up and uh, served out. But that's it for hat tricks. So there's quite a few, and I say it's just interesting. Wimborne, who uh, have got, <coughs> you've had a couple of hat tricks get demolished and. Uh, that's why it stood out to me. And we can't go through Hattrick Watch without mentioning Bashley. Their game was postponed. And they will play tomorrow night against AFC Totten. So we'll uh, we'll update next week with the Bashley situation, unfortunately. <laughs> so we've already gone through and we are going for Mr. Ricky Jury. Down there um, as... Player of the week. Yeah, although of course you know Ricky Freeman and, and uh, was it Scott Spencer was it? They, yeah. you know, both getting a couple of hat tricks in the week as well. The honourable mentions, I think. Yes, but uh, I think that's why I say I think it it has to be uh, somebody who uh, does it, that who you, you wouldn't expect. It, no, it would have to take something special to uh, to uh, usurp a goal scoring goalkeeper. I think certainly in my eyes anyway, and I'm. Part of the goalkeepers' union yourself, Chris, and I'm sure you're uh, you're with me on that one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just dying now. <laughs> so as we've already said, we've already done the end finally this week. A 92nd minute overhead kick by a keeper rescues Hull Beach of the uh, United Counties League from Vanarama National League North team of Worcester City. Now, they're going to play again tomorrow night. Uh, Worcester City, another club who unfortunately can't play in their hometown, or home city. Um, they're playing up there at Kidderminster, and probably the only thing that's keeping the lights on at Kidderminster with the, is the rent coming in from Worcester at this moment, mm. uh, with all the problems that we were talking about last week and multiple times over there. But they'll be quite pleased, and it was a, a replay, I believe, in the week. Well, I'm I'm not sure of the exact arrangements, obviously, but it would be interesting to know if uh, Worcester have to pay more for the more games that they play. You would have 
thought they would have a flat fee plus extras. Whether they have to give them a percentage of taking, I don't know. Okay, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know. Don't know how it would work, as you say. But it it would be interesting. So. Hopefully, Dave, you're going to be back to full fitness. Um, and uh, what are you going to get up to this weekend? I will, in fact, be at Kidderminster um, at the weekend. I will be watching them take on Wellings. You know, um, Wellings have actually been doing quite well. It looked like this might be a sort of relegation zone battle about 10 days ago, but Kiddy will be looking for their, their first one of the season. So I'll, uh, I'll be watching that one on Saturday. And no doubt you're going to have a nice interview for your blogs that you always contribute to. Where can we find you out there on the internet? Um, you can find me on Under the League, where James kindly let me write. And you can find my writings and other nonsensical ramblings uh, on Twitter at GoldenVision90. Um, thanks for having me on, guys, and thanks to everyone for listening. No, it's great having you on as usual, Dave. You're, you, you get around more grounds than most of us here, <laughs> and uh, so it's always nice. Um, James, under the league, you can read Dave's uh, scribblings and you can read yours. Uh, where else can we find you on the internet? Yeah, it's under the league everywhere. It's uh, Facebook, Twitter, and as you say, under the com. And that, do you know what? I think I might actually get something published at some point this week, maybe. <laughs> We didn't have Rob this week. Uh, he's, uh... Oh, yeah, I didn't notice that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can because we mentioned Farnborough and we didn't have to edit the podcast. <laughs> you can always tweet the show at uh, Non-League Pod, but uh, if you do go on a Facebook, Rob does look after the Facebook page of Non-League Pod. Sorry, the facebook.com uh, slash the Non-League Podcast. If you've got a hat-trick... You can always uh, tweet at Livster Clark, who puts everything out there and puts our spreadsheets together for us. But uh, really, whatever you've been doing, I uh, thank you for listening.